Hello, and welcome back to Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our review of Cannoneer vs. Strickland from the UFC Apex. And Tom, a card in which many names broke out, I think, going above uh, unknown to hipster's choice. We are going to go through those later on. But Tom, I've got some news that I need to get a reaction from you. Okay. Now, I know this is a very important award, but um, the BBC announced their shortlist for Sports Personality of the Year. Let me read off some names here for you, and you tell me which name is missing. You got Jessica Gadirova, Beth Mead, Eve Muirhead, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Ben Stokes, and Jake Whiteman. Tom? What name should be on there? Joaquin Buckley, Joe. <laughs> no doubt. Get him on. Get that he, man the recognition he needs. He, no, he, I mean, he breaks all borders. He, exactly. There's yeah. no box that can contain him, even that uh, limited sphere in which he performs. Yes. Now, I mean, if we're going to post someone from the UFC, we're talking about BBC Sports Personality. Yeah. Oof. Does it, does it he, have to it, be Leon Rocky? Edwards, Tom. the man who brought it home, Bro. overcame his demons, and pulled it out of the bag in the fifth round against the best welterweight that I have seen. Oh my word, Tom! Better than GSP, Joe. Oh, well, first off, that's nonsense. Okay, but second of all, <laughs> let's just break down Leon Edwards here. Okay, he was in a title fight in America, and he's losing. His coach is giving giving him a rocky speech. He then throws a superb head kick, beautiful technique. To knock out what you are saying is the welterweight goat, he then looks down Ooh, the camera. Definitely of this era, of this era for sure. The last ten years, N- no one close. He then looks down the camera and says, "Headshot, bang, done," and then cuts a teary baby face promo. Look at me now, look at me now, bro. How is that? How has anyone done anything more incredible than that man this year? I'm, I'm, I'm fired up, bro. I'm fired up. Joe, you're bringing the emotions back. I mean, when you're bringing the element about, um, you know, his troubled, troubled mm. uh, childhood, uh, obviously lost his lost his father, I think, to, to gang violence, came from a difficult situation economically, mm. maybe wasn't afforded the opportunities that we would like everyone to have in, in modern Britain, mm. and yet through it all, went out there and became became someone great. Um, yeah. Climbed the mountain. And Bro, I'm, I'm tearing up. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's really it's disappointing to see them miss it. Now, I'm not one to blow the the horn, the, mm. the racial horn. But no. yes, I was, Joe, literally, I was I, literally about to say it. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to blow that horn. But Bro. I gotta say, I can't imagine if he was a white British fighter, mm. that he wouldn't be on that list. Given what he's done, given where he's come from, Tyson Fury's you know, been nominated think, in the past. Paddy Pimlet winning. When when he wins the lightweight belt, <laughs> do, do you think BBC Sport will recognise him? Probably. In fact, definitely. Yeah. Look, let's just say it. Fury's been nominated in the past. McGregor, who is from Ireland, has been nominated in the past. And I'm not saying that as like an anti-Irish thing. I am half Irish. I would never besmirch Wait, the fatherland. Just to clarify, like the mention of Connor's name is yes. anti-Irish. <laughs> No, no, no. What I'm saying is just like it's a UK award and the Republic is not the United Kingdom. Thank you very much. Um, 
we don't need to get into borders right now, okay? But let's just say it, the BBC is keeping another black man down. I'm I'm sorry, it, it, it really does irritate me. Again, as you say, if he was a white English fighter who did that, pff, no question he'd be on that list. No question. I gotta say, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to justify in in any way. It's you, yeah, it's not something I normally look to in these cases. In, it, no. Really, um, I'm not the first one to go there, but in this example, it's mm. it's crying out. Get that man nominated, Leon yeah. Edwards. We're proud of you, Leon Edwards. By the way, undoubted number one sports personality of the year. If we're going to go down this road in terms of achievement and then everything. Well, hold on, hold on. Do you need a personality to win the award? Or well. <laughs> <laughs> Again, here we go. Some anti-Birmingham sentiment coming out now. I'm not. I'm not about this, Tom. Look, let's move on and let's talk about someone who's definitely got uh, solid views on race. Sean Strickland loses a split decision to Jared Cannonier. The scores were all over the place. Forty-nine, forty-six uh, for Strickland, and then forty-nine, forty-six on two judges' scorecards for Jared Cannonier. Um, Tom, I'm going to ask you straight up, how did you score it? Because you've watched this twice because you need to get into the minutiae of this fight. Of who well, such is my dedication to the pod yeah. uh, that I, I felt I must watch this for a second time. It wasn't for pleasure, Joe. I'll no. tell you that. It was You didn't enjoy purely, this fight? It was all, but nah, nah, I didn't. Not after the fights we'd seen before. It was no. anticlimactic for me. No. It was kind of, you know, I called for a cannoneer knockout laid on. Um, Strickland, he's a very frustrating fighter. He's, mm. he's he's a difficult man to to put away. Yeah. Obviously, Pereira made it look easy, but everything else points to Strickland being a tricky opponent and one that's very hard to in- engage with. You know, yeah. and that's what proved to be the case. Um, so you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock him too much. No. Um, now, I. I had to watch it a second time also because I didn't keep a score the first time because honestly most of the even most of the rounds were more or less even for yeah. me. But because I'm a professional I went back and scored it. I gave it 48-47 for your winner by narrow decision Sean Strickland. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. I've watched it once and I scored it uh 50-45 for Jared Cannonier. Oh. Uh, Oh, that's controversial. You've got to justify that one, Joe. Uh, okay. I'll go into this quite clearly. I think they both executed their game plans, I would say, near enough perfectly. Um, one actually listens to their coaches, though, but that doesn't come into the scoring. We can talk about that afterwards. Um, so Sean Strickland in this fight was working behind the jab, and that was it, basically. And I'll say it was a, it's a good jab, not a great one, um, but the problem is it's a very defensive jab. It's a moving backwards jab, and it's a neutral jab. He doesn't really press forward with it. He doesn't really... It's not like one of those jabs where he steps into it to then throw a combination behind it. It's just the jab itself is what he uses with a, a bit of rear hand, you know, um, hand fighting that he tends to do. Whereas Kenan... Well, he, he switches stances to land a jab from the other stance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically, he goes from yeah. the left jab to the right jab. Yeah. That's... that's Straight shots and nothing else. By the, the way, occasional teep. By the way, that is not a bad plan if you do actually occasionally throw a straight behind it. Like, if just like, because you just get them focusing on this jab so much that they ignore the next thing that's coming. Uh, he did land a few combos on that. Not really. Okay. Come on, bro. Not come on. Come on. Tell me why Cannonier won this fight, Joe. Basically, strike for Damage strike. Damage from the leg kicks. Damage, leg kicks, body shots, and then when he did throw up top, 
that it was more damaging. I know that Strickland blocked with the arms, but I just think per round, Cannonier did more damage than Strickland. And it was really frustrating because at certain points at ends of rounds, I think it was round three, and you might be able to correct me on this, Strickland actually threw some hooks and landed some hooks. But he did it so late. Why does he wait so long? And it was just, I found him a very frustrating watch. And actually, I think he does the slightly scummy thing, which is trying to nick rounds with like a little flurry at the end and acting yeah. like a madman. Like, yeah, I'm not for that, that Tom. Was, that was the takedown, wasn't there? In the, it was in the first round, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, then in the second round, as soon as the last minute kicks in, you finally get a combo and a flurry from Strickland. So, yes, definitely. I mean, that's that's a smart fighter, and I think Strickland is quite a smart fighter, despite not listening to his coaches and bowing out of a decision loss here when he had more to give um, because the man was not tired he had been sparring very lightly for 25 minutes now that's the thing I want to bring up here because they bring up the sparring a lot with Strickland and there is the footage of him of his sparring sessions I don't know if you've seen it yeah trying to knock out Johnny Walker yeah like him him like going hard in sparring but the thing is that going hard in sparring if you keep that same mentality and that exact same fighting style into a fight it looks like something like this doesn't it where it's like you're kind of pressing a guy, he's throwing some shots that, you know, inspiring. You're like, okay, you shouldn't really be throwing to that degree, but he is. And <laughs> I don't know. It, I think I, I don't. I found his performance a bit anemic, you know. And also, there are times I kind of bit found it a bit frustrating from Cannoneer as well, where like Strickland is almost like square, like flat, like go for a takedown or. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could easily get a takedown here. He hasn't got a bladed stance. He's not going to be able to fend a takedown very well from that. But because he's still sort of, like, flicking that jab out and he's not really, like, lunging or committing to it, I think guys kind of just get a bit, like, mesmerised by it. But respect to Cannonier for sticking to the game plan. Respect for him to try and work up the body and then realising, I can't quite get to the head, so I'm going to come back down. I'm not going to headhunt. I thought Cannonier put on a really solid performance. They both did. And I gave Cannonier the edge over those rounds. And I say it's 50-45. It's not a super convincing 50-45. You know, the the one I think of is the Max Holloway-Frankie Edgar title fight where Max won it 50-45. But each round it was like just a little bit ahead of Frankie. And with this it was the same thing. Well, clearly I disagree given my, my scoring. Uh, I didn't think it was a great game plan from Cannonier. He was patient. Um and definitely it was a nice kicking game. That only worked kind of early, early on. He kind of went away from those kicks as the fight went on. They were his damaging strikes. Uh, in the fourth round, I, I thought that Strickland definitely beat him for, for volume. I didn't see any disparity in the, in the damage. Gave mm. that one to, to Sean. And I give the first two to Sean as well. I just kind of felt he was outpointing Cannonier. I thought he was managing the distance beautifully. He was just out the way of... of you know, 90% of what Cannonier threw. Now, mm. the stats, they don't totally agree with me. They seem to think that Cannonier was landing. For me, Sean was blocking most of them, as you say, coming out when he's backing out with his, with his hands up and his chin high. Mm. He's just out, out the way, and most of those blows are kind of just glancing off his arms. I didn't really see him getting clipped much at all early on. I gave him the first two rounds as well. Okay. Um, for me, it was quite a masterful management of being in the pocket from, from Sean. And, <sighs> yeah... Definitely, definitely outlanded Cannoneer for for me. Okay, and you mix in the the takedown and a little bit of control he had there in the first. I thought that one was quite quite clear. That's that's uh, fine. That's fine. I I think the first round would be the one that I would give to Strickland the most. And I think uh, was it, I think it was the third where he started throwing a bit at the end. Those sort of like hooking hook combos. 
I get kind of near the third. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think what we can surmise is that this was a very close fight by two guys who were matched very evenly by the odds makers. Mm. So it proved to be. Uh, for me, neither of those guys have staked any claim to fight up the rankings. I'm certainly not ready to see Cannonier fight Adesanya again. Mm. No, for, <laughs> for sure. Definitely not that. And I also don't think... I think at the elite of the division, there there is an elite of the division and it's Pereja, Adesanya and Whitaker. And then I think the rest is kind of like this. Hold know, on, Melange. where is where is where is Vittori? He ain't he ain't at that level. He's no, not he's a... not. We've seen that. We've seen that. But he's not in the same not in the same pool with he... Brunson or Strickland or well, Manson. Um... Is it? Oh, I think he beats all of them. I think he can. Yeah, I think he probably would. But again, I don't think. I don't think I'd be convinced by. That. I don't know about Brunson. Brunson would be maybe the pressure would would fold him but we're going to find out because actually Vittori does have a fight booked which I will uh, tell you about in a moment but going forward I know this sounds really harsh but can I tell you my advice for both of these fighters what they should do with their next fight Uh, it is basically fight out your contract and go to the PFL because you would definitely win the million dollars in the PFL like I I think if I'm Sean Strickland I'm thinking I'm not going to get to a title fight here I'm going to go somewhere else and explore that that avenue. Because he's built up a brand in the UFC. He's built up a fan base. I'm sure they're very nice people. Um, I would take that somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Cancelling Strickland. No, no. I, I just... I don't know. I just don't... I don't know. I just don't think... I don't think I would stay... In the UFC, if I was him, yeah. For me, I I like these guys as kind of fixtures of the top ten. Um, mm. I, I feel I feel bad for Cannonier. Like, there's not much he can do. He just doesn't have the skills to stop fighters like like Strickland. I know he, he he won this fight, so you could argue he does have the skills, but he he ultimately he couldn't land. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I but think... I, but I, I still think he's gonna. You know, you match up. Let's say Cannonier Duplessis. Oh. Well, that's Duplessis making that fight, though, isn't he? Like, and that's also, the... do we get the sneaky Duplessis? Oh, by the way, the actual good game planner Duplessis, who wrestled Till, who pulled Soldich away from his power hand. Are we going to get that Duplessis? Are we just going to get? I'm, I'm saying, just charging, brother. That's a that's a fun fight, and yeah. yeah, it's Duplessis that makes it a fun fight. Yeah, this was not a, a good booking. But my, my question is, how are you going to make a fun fight with Sean Strickland? Duplessis. Like that's 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 the magic juice. He's right the answer. Yeah, that's that's the answer. Robocop. All know. right, Joe. Shall we move on? Let's move on to the co-main event, in which Arman Sarukian defeats Demir Ismagulov by unanimous decision, and it was indeed unanimous, thirty twenty-seven across all the scorecards for Sarukian. Uh, very impressive. I thought this was extremely impressive from Sarukian. So Ismagulov came into this fight with a what was a ninety percent takedown defense. And the only time he'd really been taken down was by Kuta Taladze, who couldn't hold him down for more than, what, 10 seconds in that fight from earlier this year. Very, very impressive from Ismagulov. But Sarukin impressed me so much in this fight, not just with the fact he was taking Ismagulov down, but his positional control. There was a really great bit where he grapevined his legs around Ismagulov's legs. So he had them both trapped in a sort of like figure four. And he let Ismagulov get his legs back because he knew he was going to turn so then he could jump on his back and work from there really fantastic control and also not like lay and pray or anything like that constant movement, constant changing of position constant attacks 
Wasn't able to get much ground and pound off, which was a tad frustrating. But really impressive from Sarukin. Give him a top five guy. Give it to him now. I think this guy is... He's pretty much there or thereabouts for a title contender. Yeah, yeah, I can't dispute uh, his status and what he's likely to do in the sport. Um, I guess I would contest a little bit maybe the energy that you've taken from the fight, which seems to be that you were very, very happy with this fight. It was the kind of matchup that you wanted and it fought on the terms no. that you wanted. For me, well, okay, for me I saw uh, Sarukian uh, unwilling to trade on the feet with Damir, where he clearly recognised that he was outmatched. Uh, mm. Damir doing everything right um, for as long as he could mm. to keep Sarukin off him. You know, posting off the head, getting up, uh, never accepting the positions. But uh, we just saw the dominance of of this uh, wrestling style. Right. You know, it, that's what I saw: a peak striker versus a, a peak wrestler, and mm. you just you, you can't beat it. Like Ismagulov was, he was actually pretty much flawless. Yeah, uh, at least in the early early going, in in you know getting back up, having been taken down, but he couldn't actually open up on the feet at all because um, because Sarukian would exploit any time he threw a kick. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, anytime he was closed against the cage, Sarukin was diving in uh, because he just didn't want that smoke on the feet. No, I, I agree. I agree. But again, that's up to Ismagulov to get away from those positions uh, from there, which, as you're saying, took the correct steps, was very good there. But also, Sarukin, by the way, he was massive. That guy's yeah. back. That guy's back. He's, he's actually, if you look at him physically from the Makachev fight, his debut in the UFC. To how he looks now, he looks a lot bigger. Like he looks, he looks bricked. Is up. that an accusatory comment, Jeff? I no, that's an appreciative comment. Okay, that's that's. You, you know, Bobby Green was out on record coming <laughs> yes. into this card that every male from countries that are not America, especially if they're to the east of of Europe, yeah. um, has been on steroids. From day one, as soon as mm. they enter the camp, yeah, as soon as they enter the, the gym, yeah, giving ten-year-old steroids is what he said. Where it's just like, yeah, that's how you're definitely going to kill someone by the age of twenty-six. Um, so I don't doubt that. Can I also just point out? Sorry, go on, Tom. Well, no, I was just going to follow up on that. What you said about Sarukin's physique—I mean, that—that that was it. It was just the he outmatched Ismagulov mm. for power. He just overpowered him. Ismagulov yeah. got everything right, but it wasn't enough. Uh, it was interesting to contrast it with the fight against. Um, the one that he lost against Gamrot. Uh, Gamrot, uh, yeah. Yeah, now Gamrot was a lot more active. Uh, whereas Ismagulov was doing everything right once he was down, mm. or kind of almost being grounded, mm. uh, Gamrot was throwing in a lot more grand uh, bees. He was scrambling more mm. on the mat, you know, before ever actually touching the mat. And that was something that Sarukian, that constant work from Gamrot to evade, was something Sarukian didn't deal with at all. Um, mm. Well, Ismagulov wasn't wasn't able to do that. Well, Gamrot's uh, defensive slash offensive grappling in those exchanges kind of tired Sarukian out to the point where when it got to rounds three and four, those wow. those grappling those exchanges didn't last as long on jo- the ground. Jo- what you've done there is you've introduced the thing that I'm most disappointed about, and that's that this was not a five-round fight. Uh, I don't think it's fair on Ismagulov. I don't think he should have taken this matchup um, if it's mm. not a five-round fight, because you've got to wonder. Like Already, as it was, they were actually equally matched, I believe, for significant strikes. And Sarukian, Sur- perhaps, you know, we saw him tire a bit in that Gamrot fight. Ismagulov 
maybe he would have got more opportunity on the feet in the fourth and the fifth round. What has what you've said there that's excited me is the thought of uh, Ismagulov in a main event slot and the thought of him being able to work over 25 minutes, what his game plan would look like over that period of time. Because all he's done is three-round fights so far and he's gone to decision on all of them. I don't I, that, that that intrigues me of what he'd Joe, be able let to me, do. Would he be able to get a let, finish in that, in that fight? Let me pour some cold water on that hope, on that excitement right now, Joe. Yeah. Damir Ismagulov is not going to win a five-round main event. Really? He can't do it because they won't give it to him. Oh, right. Loss. They yeah. won't give it to him, Joe. No, like, who do you think he's fighting next? You think he's going to be fighting up, up the rankings? No, they're going to give him Grant Dawson. You, perhaps. I even think they might keep Dawson away from him. I mean, I wouldn't like that matchup either from Ismagulov. Um I mean, I'm not saying that he can't win that match, so I'm just no. saying I don't think you're getting the most out of him by giving him Grant fucking Dawson. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is, Joe, I, I wouldn't surprise me if you're matching him up outside the rankings even. What, Bobby Green? I, I still think that's too big a name. I just don't think... Like, look at the guys they've matched him up with. I think this will be an excuse for them to kind of, you know, palm him off. A guy who doesn't speak English, doesn't have any profile. I don't know what's the point in them having this guy then, in this promotion, if they're not going to, like, back him. Because this guy is so talented. So, so talented. Although saying that, you know, he's fought Joel Alvarez, Thiago Moises, you know, now Kusataladze and Sarukin. I don't think those guys have got much profile. No, they don't have a lot. All right, yeah, but to us, they have a bit of a name and a profile. But, you know, it's... Yeah, all right, it's not the most exciting name to the casual fan. Now, look, let's go to the matchmaking then, all right? So, Ismagulov, he's still ranked 12th. They haven't knocked him down. Good. Um, But who they have knocked out at lightweight, Joe? Long... long, Yeah, I can see you cheering already. This news has reached you. Conor McGregor has been removed from the lightweight rankings. Thank God. Replaced by Big Money Moicano? Uh, Moicano's up there at 13 Lovely It's another fighter who's on this card Who's got a ranking by his name It's Drew Dobo We'll get on to him in a minute Yes Grant Dawson then sitting behind him at 15 So So who are we going for Is Magulov um, no, Noticeably Joe Nobody's called him out uh, Brad Riddell. After this fight Okay I'd love, I'd love that That sounds awesome What about uh, Brad Riddell or Drakkar Close maybe I'd prefer Riddell, but um, yeah, I've signed it. I mean, he's fighting outside the rankings. That's okay. He's at 12. He did just lose. That fits our rules on holding on to brother. But Sarukian, mm. sitting at nine. He's looking up now after the back, after that win. Wait, they, have, they haven't moved him in the rankings? I know he's unmoved as well. So they both hold, held their... What was the point in them fighting? <laughs> what would literally you've just told... That's like the, that's like the Jan Ankalaya fight. Oh, it's a title fight. Psych. No, it isn't. Like, it's just... Some shenanigans. It's a conspiracy against bearded men from the Caucasus region. I'm going to say it. Sarukin Poirier. Give it to me. Oh, Lord. Have mercy. (laughs) Oh, Lordy, Lord. Yeah. All right. Now, back in the realms of uh, plausibility. Well, who else is there? Did Darius get a fight? Oh, come on. They're not going to screw Darius, are they? It's happening, Joe. It's happening. (laughs) Right. Oh, what Next about this? Oh, Sarukin and Oliveira. Yeah, never happening, but sure, no. I'm in. Why? Why isn't it going to happen? I just don't think they want to do that to Charles now. I think but, Charles is rumbling away a little bit. You know, he's definitely captured the hearts of Brazil, nation of 200 million-odd people. Fair you don't feed him to Sarukian uh, <sighs> off the back of a loss. Now, Joe, 
those are the big profile fights uh, on this card. Yeah. Uh, but now we move on to some lesser known lights. Amir Albazi, oh, another man. win, decisive against Alessandro Costa. Yeah. What a knockout this was, Joe. This was tremendous. Jab, right uppercut to ground and pound. And he threw that exact combo or that exact setup, except with the uppercut, it was a big right hand in the second round. I think Albazi sort of started to feel that confidence going through and like, I can land on this guy now and not worry about what's coming back. Albazi, I mean, he big dog Costa in this fight, really. Like, Costa put on a decent performance, but Albazi just like... He doesn't, doesn't look bad, Costa. I'd like to see him again in the UFC. Yeah, 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 definitely. This guy's but he's got potential. Albazi, you're right. He certainly <laughs> outclassed him. Yeah. Uh, now, how high can he go? Title contender? You think he's in that picture now? Up I, there, this is we're talking about flyweight now, guys. We're looking at what Pantoja, Moreno, Figueiredo, yeah, that yeah, category. Yeah, I'd I'd say that category. I think, you know, he's got some decent names on there. By the way, this fight went the complete opposite of what I predicted. Of just like Albazi's grappling against Costa's like punches power. He wants just, the swing, baby. Yeah, I just yeah, you, it's just like Harrison I've le- power. Yeah, I've, he's learnt hooks, and he's just like I'm going for it. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him face someone like Kai Kara France. That would be a good one, I think. You know, well, I, he's, uh, he's up to seven now, a flyweight off the back of this. Mm. So ahead of him, you've got Alex Perez, Mateus Nicolau, and then you're in for Roy Val, Kai Kara France, and then, of course, Pantoja Morena Figueiredo. Roy Val will be a fun one. He's getting there. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying that um, he, he was supposed to be matched up with Roy Val, but Roy Val pulled out. Uh, he was booked against yeah Roy Val, Alex Perez, Tim Elliott, Ode Osborne, Howley and Piva have all po- pulled out against him in the last two so, years. Yeah, so it's coming now. He's saying these guys are avoiding him. I mean, let's say the likes of Roy Val. Who who'd you lean towards there if they were to fight? Uh, Albazi. I think Roy Val just gets hit too much. Yeah, he does. They, he, he can't get he, hit by Albazi. Bro, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, it's right, definitely then one to watch. One to watch indeed. I, I honestly think this guy's got title aspirations. Like, really, really does. No pushback from Major. No, absolutely. And again, Costa. Let's give him a a, a nice something a bit easier. Someone who's not going to kill him so much in this uh, division for his next matchup. You know, I'm looking. Uh, I don't know what we're thinking. Ode uh, Osborne. So- yeah, someone outside the rankings. You know, it was his debut. He took it on late notice. He didn't look bad. No, and uh, I think he, uh, you know, flyweight is not so deep right now. Yeah. So you got to imagine that he can build. Let's move on to Alex Alex Caceres knocking out Julian Arosa with maybe one of the weirdest head kicks I've seen. Where didn't really seem like he hit him that hard, but he clearly did. Uh, he threw the sort of uh, straight and then. Took a st- took a pause and like I don't know I'll flick a high kick up there, lands on Arosa's head, knocks him down uh, to sleep, and Alex Caceres gets the knockout win. We both picked Arosa going into this fight. Arosa, very talented guy, but he does just get hit way too much. And well, Caceres I, with the win. I have here. to say, Joe, after the last pod, there was one thing that was keeping me up mm. going to bed, and that was the fact we were so dismissive of Caceres. Uh, now that wasn't intentional. It's just that we were pretty hot on Arosa, having mm. been dismissive of Arosa yes. previous to his last win. Yeah. Didn't want to get that wrong again, and definitely looked over Caceres, who is a problem. He's a challenge. You know, yeah. he upsets people. He's very awkward. It's tricky. Strange movement. It's tricky for sure. Stances. Um, definitely very 
flexible. He was talking about his training uh, in the post-fight interview. He was talking about he would go with his coaches and they would have him doing drills, balancing on one leg, mm. uh, hopping round the... Like, he would be doing drills on one leg. And right. you can see that that man has a big range of motion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, no, it as you As you mentioned, for the knockout, it was, uh, it was kind of like a flailing, pouring jab out there. It kind of took him out of position. And then on the follow-through uh, was that left left high kick that put Erosa away. I mm. think Erosa was in trouble anyway, though, Joe. I felt like Caceres was, was looking good before that head kick. Yeah. By the way, now, uh, Caceres goes to 7-1 uh, and one in his last eight, uh, coming bouncing back from a decision loss to Sadiq Youssef. Um, I think it's just that before, he was very up and down. You know, I remember his loss to Cron Gracie. Remember the name, Cron Gracie, uh, who since subsequently... Uh, lost to yeah to Cub Swanson and then passed away, didn't he? He's he is dead, isn't he? Have I completely misremembered this? Uh, no, he's not dead. I don't think Joe, but he took he took some punishment. He had a take it despite being from the legendary jujitsu Gracie family. He was kind of like just taking it all on the chin. He wanted to wanted to swing. He wanted to bang. Mm. And, um, has since been removed from the UFC. Don't believe he did actually pass away, though, despite the damage he took. No, no, no. It was another Gracie that I was thinking of that died not that long ago. No offence, Kron. Uh, but, you know, I would like to see you fight again. Um, hopefully you've developed some takedowns. Right. Let's talk about this fight. Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. My God, this was stonking. This was, this was tremendous, wasn't it? Can I just ask, are you a Drew Dober guy now? <laughs> um... For me, it was, the interesting parallel in this fight was, I mean, True Dober is Cannoneer and Bobby Green is Sean Strickland. The difference is, yeah. They're fun. Yeah, Jeff, they're he, fun and the others left, aren't. Yeah, well, the difference is Dober's ready to just get in the fire, you know. Mm. He just wade through, take it on the face so that he can get his shot off, get that left hook off. Now, let's be honest, Joe. Bobby Green was clowning on him. He was yeah. dancing. He was outpointing him. He was fighting that classic style, hands down, couple of straights, off yeah. to the side. Beautiful, mm. beautiful. Dover was a mess. <laughs> he was yeah. getting lit up, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but those big whooshing hooks that were coming over, they were getting closer, and they were getting closer. Yeah. And Green was folding in towards the fence until one landed, and that was all she wrote. Good night, yeah. Bobby Green. Yeah, it was really impressive. He literally just had to bite down on the mouth guard and get him squared up along the fence. Because once he got squared up, that's when Dober started landing. Landed a left hook before the uh, finishing concussive blow. And then when he did land that one, I mean, Green just went down like a deck of cards. It was like, it was just completely folded. So it was a very, very impressive finish. And Dober now, in this fight and the Terence McKinney fight, (laughs) two... Two fights of the year, potentially. I mean, just in terms of, like, blood and thunder, guts, sort of, like, putting it all out there. I'm just going to take it, and you're going to take it. And, you know, it's just quite something. It was quite something. But, again, Bobby Green, very impressive performance. It was like the Poirier fight for Green, where it was the exact same thing of hands low, whatever else, and he got caught by a hook by Poirier. This was at the sort of start of his march at lightweight. Um, Love a bit of Bobby Green. Want to see him back soon. And I'm going to put the question out there to you, Tom. If uh, these guys fought Paddy Pimlet, would they both win? Ooh. Now, Dober wants Pat Pimlet. He said the UFC's keeping keeping him away from him. I agree. Uh, I think they probably are. Yes, I think that's quite likely. I can't imagine that Paddy's going to be able to 
to get anything off against Bobby Green. Can't, okay. I just can't. I can't oh, against Bobby it. Green? No, not not no. a chance. No, no, I mean Dober. I'm not even discussing that. I think Paddy gets smoked. Um, mm. Yes, difficult to find a matchup for Paddy, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think derailing derailing the train. I think you just have to give him one of these fights against these guys. And if he wins, then it's you got to have your rankings fight. That's why they're keeping Ferguson in the rankings. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. Just like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, Isma Gulov, get the hell out of there. Yeah, we need to keep Tony at 15 so Paddy can sneak in there. You know what's going to happen? Yeah. They're going to give Paddy the fight for his next one. Or they're going to give him some bull matchup, Clay Guida or whatever. And then they're going to give him the Ferguson fight. He's going to win that. And then suddenly he's going to be ranked number eight for some reason. Joe, I should add right now, just taking another look at those lightweight rankings, hmm. Tony Ferguson's not in there anymore. Is he not? He's not in there. Oh, good. Good. Who's replaced him then? Well, as I say, you've got Dober. What's... He claimed yeah. a spot at 14 after this fight. So who's 15? Grant Dawson at 15. Oh, so Dawson, at 13. Dawson took Ferguson's position. Well, Dober's come into the rankings off the back of this performance. I think Dawson... Yeah, D- I guess Dawson had been in there for McGregor or for Ferguson. Yeah. But they seem to have quietly removed both of them. Good. Finally, we've been protesting for it. Uh, so, that's not an easy ranking matchup then for Paddy. Mm. I don't think it makes a big difference, though. You could still match him up with Ferguson if you want for the kind of star appeal for the draw. That would be very sad. Yeah. Um, maybe Joe now conspiracy theories are running wild here maybe they got rid of Tony's number so they don't have to rank Paddy if he beats him <laughs> because if you beat Tony Ferguson you get a ranking who yeah. are you going to fight what do yeah. you do next yeah I th- I honestly think all those guys that are ranked 10 to 15 mess him up badly like mess him up Joe like, you got Jalen Herner Dan Hooker and Ismagulov good lord <laughs> Money Moicano as well, I think, would just do some vile stuff to him. Again, we're, we're talking too much about Pimlet here. It's not his night. Let's move on. Obsessed. Well, he, he does dominate the conversation because everyone's just like, well, who's he going to face? Like, who is he going to face at this stage? You know, I'm kind of the opinion that I think that they should give him like a, a name fight, like a Ferguson, and then just be like, if he struggles past that and win, you know what, let's just cash in. On the McGregor fight. Now, let me look at that. Like, Because it upsets me every time you mention this. Anything about Tony Ferguson fighting upsets me. Mm. But if it's like, okay, Tony's finishing, he's hanging the gloves up, one last payday, then all right. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe it's not so bad to match him up with Paddy. No, no. But I don't think Tony From will. From Tony's perspective. I don't think Tony will retire, though. No, he needs to be retired. <laughs> Forcibly. Like, uh, like we'll, we'll give you Pimlet. Go mm. out on a win or go out on your shield. Yeah, and that's it. You're done. Yeah. Do you think they should? Do you think the fear is is that like he'll like let's say he faces like I don't know Clay Guida or something. I don't know why I keep bringing up Clay Guida, but like obsessed, or, Joe. Obsessed. Let's, Clay uh, Guida and Paddy Pimlet. Take the posters down. What about get with oh. the times? Is Magulov Sarukian? Yeah. These are the names you want to know. Uh, okay. Like I'm wondering, like if Ferguson like does manage to get a win against some guy who's just equally washed or that far down. Um, do you think he's just going to be like, I've still got it, still got it, I'm going to keep going and get another four fights out of him? Like, you know, it's the, it's the worry. It's the worry, isn't I, it? I think we should move on to Mikhail Olichechuk defeats Cody Brundage uh, with punches and hammer fists from the mount. 
this was uh, quite the performance. Brundage just gassed himself out from wrestling, didn't he? He was just like, he just loves the wrestling too much, and it cost him. Well, Mihal, we didn't do him the service of previewing his fight, I believe, in the in the preview. Yeah. Did we get it wrong? Is there more to see from Alexejuk? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's a middleweight, so I'm sure you could find a fun fight for him there. Because, again, middleweight has that great thing of, here's a bunch of fighters with some really fun stuff and who are really bad at this other stuff. So, But it was a lovely sweep, by the way, to get on top of Brundage and then get the finish from there. But Brundage was just like, oh, my God, I want to get out of here. Like, he just, just like, so tired. So, so tired. So... I think Oleg Seychuk, he deserves another look. That's what I think, Joe, because this is now his fifth knockout mm. in the UFC. Uh, only joined in 2017. The man is only 27 years old. He, did, he might he, have to take he, another look. He fought initially at um, like heavy, didn't he? So this is, and this is down at middleweight. So maybe it's like, needed to make that move down there, start again. He was supposed to face Albert Durayev instead of Brundage. Um but obviously that got cancelled. You know what? Let's give Oleg Chechuk a fun fight at middleweight. Puna Soriano, maybe? Well, he's fighting soon, Puna Soriano. I think he's on the first card of the new year. Oh, is he? If I'm not mistaken. Um, But yeah, he's in that conversation. You've got your man Joaquin, although he's dropped down to to middleweight. That's Mm. some good matchups for him. Yeah, Joaquin's done to welterweight. Yeah, sorry. Now, so speaking of derision, I spoke some mad crud about Matthew Semmelsberger last week. I'm just going to say... He's I'm coming, so- Joe. I'm sorry, mate. He's not- co- you better get your apologies out there. That man is coming. Sorry, He's mate. reached out to the pod. He's more than happy to dish out the punishment for you losing <laughs> next year's belt. Right. I'm sorry, Matthew Semmelsberger. You are not a jabroni. Jake Matthews, you are the jabroni here. My God, what a horrendous performance by you. How bad well. is Andre Filio? Like, that's that's the question. <laughs> Where does Filio fit in all this? Like, it... I mean, like, take out the... All right, so we had three knockdowns in three rounds. With big the same overhand punch. rights. Yeah, big big right hand from Samuelsberger. Uh, but if you take take away the knockdowns, who won those rounds? Now, I know this what doesn't work like this, Joe. No, it doesn't work like that. Play the game with me. Play the game. Matthews. Matthews, he won those rounds. So mm. I'm not going to call you a jabroni. I do not want to whip in from either of these guys for any <laughs> forfeits of the day. Maybe we can get a tap, double team on. Maybe we can. What? Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. You want both these guys to fight whoever loses next year? I just want them to whoop you, Joe, for (laughs) for the mean things that you say, for your attitude. (laughs) Yeah, me talking crud behind a microphone. Yeah, look. Okay. Listen, keyboard warrior. Now let's break down this fight a little bit. Um, Tell us the story. Tell us the story of this fight. Tell us. Yeah. I mean, what? It was just Matthews kind of like picking away, doing his little flappy hands, and then Semmelsberger <laughs> waiting, throwing a big right, knocking him down, and then that was kind of it. Like, well, what's there more to say? I didn't think I didn't find this fight particularly interesting. Did you find it like there was something there? Yeah, I enjoyed the fight. Uh, I enjoyed the fight, mixing in all the elements of the game. There were takedowns. Uh, Matthews, much more active fighter. Um, he was outlanding Samuelsberger. I, I think he's got a pretty nice game, Jake Matthews. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling uh, it. Um, all right. Get him, I, boys. I, I don't know, Matt. Like, I don't know. 
I just, I just, I'm just not I'm not hyped by either of these guys. Now listen. Oh, here we go. It's going again. Look, what do you want from Samuelsberger? You put Jake <laughs> Matthews on his ass, three rounds running, yes. huge right hands. He looked good doing it. I said he's not a jabroni. What do you want me to say? Right, let's move on to this bantamweight fight. Now, Tom, I haven't seen this fight yet, but you did. Uh, how was it? It was fantastic, is what it was. We're talking about Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, he is the kicking Nurmagomedov, referenced in the preview. <sighs> Um, but he is no relation to Khabib or Umar. And he was fighting Said Yakub Kakramonov. Umar is a cook- kicking Nurmagomedov, by the way. I'm just, I want that out there. But anyway, keep going. F- a triple team on Joe. We're talking okay. about Said Nurmagomedov, Matthew Samuelsberger, Jake Matthews. <laughs> I'm sending them your address. <laughs> now, Said Yakub, he was debuting here. He uh, has an interesting background, also out of Central Asia, but. Grew up in New York, mm. grappling heavy background, um, and we saw it on full display. He was going after Saeed Nurmagomedov, mm. as I say, a man who likes to fight primarily on the feet, is reluctant to get involved in that Dagestani wrestling game. Mm. Um, went after him, applied full pressure, took him down five times, five times. Wow. Uh, Saeed was getting very frustrated, couldn't get him off him, just constant pressure. Um, now, Kakramonov, he wasn't able to make too much of these dominant positions that he was getting into and overall only landed 11 strikes going into the second round having won the first round he carried on he kept shooting recklessly he wasn't interested in what Saeed had to offer going back and he stepped in to a guillotine now it's the second guillotine attempt from Saeed mm. uh, but this time he really turned it on ended with a, with the kind of ninja choke where the hand goes kind of behind so you've got the, one, the guillotine hand under the neck and then the top hand goes on the back of the head to push it down to apply more pressure. Yep, like that. Joe's mimicking it for us now. Uh, that's how they're going to finish you, by the way, Joe. <laughs> uh, and it, it was great. It was great. Uh, Saeed kind of pulled it out of the bag. Wow. And, you know, he showed that he belongs as he was tested. Tremendous. Oh, I'm going to watch that later on. Let's talk about... Well, uh, hold on, Joe. I just want to say a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, because I think we're going to see more of both of these guys. Yes. Again, when are we going to see a bad, unranked bantamweight fight? It can't happen. It, 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 can't, it can't happen. Now, Saeed Nurmagomedov, he is ranked now at 15. Mm. Um, I, I would have to make an argument for Saeed Yakub to be getting up there and towards the rankings too. Mm. Um, got a great record and and didn't look bad here. I think he would overwhelm a lot of fighters. So mm. you know these are names we want to be remembering now. Excellent. Well, well, I'll keep an eye out for them for both of these guys. So about uh, Rafa Garcia with his uh, unanimous decision win. This man is a fridge uh, defeating. Uh, how do they say this again? Was it like Machete? How were they saying? It was no. That's derogatory. No, it's Machete. Machete. <laughs> machete Joe, he's. Chinese, he's not from... from Go on. Uh, Go on. Where's where he from? Well, well Machete. I'm not having that joke. Mahashate. <laughs> okay, Mahashate. Okay, um, I quite like this Mahashate up until he started getting pummeled. I thought he, when he first came out, he had his hands like kind of wide, kind of like in that Max Holloway style. And then he started getting hit and he was just like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so, started backing up. And then Rafa Garcia grinding him Big hooks to close the distance, getting into that grindy face, getting him his uh, his uh, top of his head under his chin, sort of getting into like really nasty sort of 
grindy positions. But the thing that made this fight so exciting was the massive gash on the side of Rafa Garcia's head from a nice step-in elbow from Mahashate. Um And it was a nice step-in elbow. <sighs> lovely. And over the, over the top, you know, of um, Garcia's defensive Turned hands. it in as well. Yeah, it was lovely. It ripped... Garcia open. He was leaking, Joe. Mm. After the fight, we found out he lost 20% of his blood. <laughs> now, a quick Google mm. will tell you that um, that is dangerous territory. 40% <laughs> and, and you are you are finished. Apparently, really? That's what Google is telling me. So, How long did it take for him to stitch him up? It was two hours <sighs> to stem the bleeding. Oh, my word. That is yeah. brutal. Yeah. That- yeah, it truly was, but it didn't affect him in the fight. Fought through yeah. it. Um, yeah, good showing for Rafa Garcia. Let's talk about this fight now. Uh, next fight. Renat Fakradinov versus Brian Battle. Now, Joe, let me just say, I didn't get to see this fight, but I was excited to see Fakradinov. Unfortunately, my uh, provider of the UFC <laughs> cho- chose not to include these last three fights. I think you're going to break them down for us. Fakhradinov, we we hyped him up as a strong wrestler, imposing. Mm. Oh. How how did it go? Uh, basically, if Fakhradinov at different points was just like, I feel like I'm kind of hitting a takedown now, and he did. Uh, it was, I mean, okay. Can I, I'm going to read for you the control time for each round. Okay, round one, four minutes forty-one. Round two, four minutes forty-nine. Round three, oh, four God. minutes forty-one. Okay, he was three for three in round three. Two for three in rounds one and two, and just Brian Battle got one significant strike off per round. Fakhradinov but- nineteen, ten, and fourteen across the fight. It was just he mauled him, and it was constant trips, constant changing positions, constant changing direction. Great finding legs, getting like limbs isolated so you couldn't defend yourself with them. His wrestling is so good and suffocating, mm-hmm. really really impressive and if you are in the welterweight division oh, you do not want to face this man he is he's a he's a bull he is but a bull was he able to get off much much ground and pound i mean how was he able to posture up and really get those elbows not in really and some heavy shots not really it he, got, more, yeah, he, got, he got it was a lot of pressure it was a lot of he did get ground and pound off but it wasn't the sort of it wasn't hellacious. Yeah, it wasn't like the Khabib constant attacks, constantly getting into... And then when he would find any position for ground and pound, he would throw. It was more, right, am I in position? Okay, here comes the ground and pound. It was like, you're transitioning from positions and I'm throwing ground and pound. I'm controlling you. I'm constantly taking something away from you. It wasn't that. It was, I'm going for the position first and then we'll go for the ground and pound. So that's something I'd like to see a bit more output. If he got output, by the way, he would he'd be finishing, guys. He'd be finishing guys. But he has two decision wins. But man, 14 minutes and 11 seconds of control time in a 15-minute fight. You know, 102 total strikes, 43 significant. Tatastan is coming. Yeah, bro. Bro. He, he, he is the business. And if I'm thinking at someone at welterweight for him to face, I mean, I don't think it really matters, to be honest, to anyone. I'm sure they'll give him someone... Who's just going to get destroyed? Uh, Brian, you didn't take much fight, much damage in your last fight against RDA. Do you fancy coming in and, and facing this guy? You know, Barbarina perhaps for Fakradinov. Uh, and lastly, of the fights uh, that I watched, Manal Cap defeats David Dvorak. Cap, dominant, counter striking, was doing basketball moves, hands behind the back, mocking Dvorak, 
trying to get him to throw and wind him up. But there was a, a Kimura, Cap got uh, Dvorak in a Kimura, and he, it looked like his shoulder actually ripped out. You could see the shoulder blade lift up, and it was, oh, uh, it was grim. It was grim. I don't know how why Dvorak didn't just tap. It was it was brutal, absolutely brutal. So Manal Cap on the move up again. Someone like Kai Kara France would be a good one to see. Um, you know, Roy Val, someone along those lines. Kai Kara France, you just can't catch a break, Joe. You want you match him <laughs> up with everybody. <laughs> I, I think I think Cap is at that level of like let's see him face. Someone at higher up the rankings. I see he's got three wins in a row now. Let's see if he can make that leap up in the UFC because his first couple fights didn't go very well, you know, and uh, yeah, he seemed to have turned it around. So yeah, good fight night card. It's good, nice matchups and some uh, good breakout stars. Who is your number one sort of breakout star of the night? It's not Armin Sarukian. I'll no. tell you that for nothing. Um, I think for me, I'm. Either looking at Saeed Nurmagomedov just in overcoming serious adversity, mm. you know he basically fought, had to fight the same kind of fight that Ismagulov did, mm. but he sank in a guillotine. He made Excellent. it happen. Uh, um, Amir Al Balzi we'll is the one for me. Yeah, that would be my second choice. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about some news. Tom, I, I teased it earlier. Marvin Vittori has a fight booked for the pay per view in London in March. And it is against Roman Dalidze. I believe that's number four, fighting number eight in the middleweight division. Potentially hilarious fight on, on the on the cards here. Dalidze, kind of weird fighter in that he can be kind of muted in his fights and then somehow get into a really vicious finishing sequence against a man in Vittori who seems can can take endless damage and doesn't seem that bothered. So And and cannot finish himself. <laughs> no. No. Um, yeah, I think an good, interesting good, fight. Good matchmaking. Fight that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dalidze, he's getting the rocket. Not yeah. the promotional rocket, but the, the matchups to really progress. Yeah. Uh, he took that short notice fight against Hermanson, and boy, what a finish that was. Mm. Um, and now to jump all the way up to to rank four in Marvitori, that's mm. a quick ascent for Dalidze. Is he that good? Oh. My gut says uh, Vittori. My gut you says You think Vittori. this is where the run ends? This is the end of the road for things? Maybe, to... maybe. I, I, listen, we've got a couple months until it happens, at which point we'll have a bit more... I don't know. I, I would have done more research into it. But my gut is saying Vittori. You know that sort of three-round domination, end of the third round, he's really turning it on, just throwing combinations. I mean, you have to default to Vittori. You have to. Unless the guy is yeah. spectacular. Yeah, I mean, Vittori has shown against guys that aren't Robert Whittaker and Adesanya that, you know, he just tires people out. Like, they can't hang with him. Um, he's too big, his head's too square, <laughs> and he's got stamina is too great. So, yeah. Now, this is an interesting bit of news. So There was a really interesting um, video that came out based around the Ilya Taporia versus Bryce Mitchell fight uh, at the pay-per-view last week. Now, Taporia won by submission, and he dominated Mitchell in that fight. Kind of big it was brother. A whooping. Yeah, it was a whooping. Uh, and you see Taporia, and he's getting greeted by uh, different Georgian fighters, saying, "Well done, congrats." But the interesting bit was Mitchell afterwards sat with his coaches, sat with his 
with his partner and he's just like I don't want to do this anymore I'm I'm done I think and I'm gonna ask you this do you think he's actually done or do you think that was just the post-fight depression of I was just whooped and now I can't I can't believe how badly I was whooped I mean, the man deals in extremes, wasn't it? As I walk into the valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> <laughs> going into the fight, and uh, yeah. ha- I'm ready to die in there. I think I remember Bryce saying, "Yeah, uh, maybe not." Turns, <laughs> maybe not. Slight whooping, uh, and yeah, that changes everything. I don't think Bryce is done. No, uh, if you look a bit at background on Bryce, he's he's got a farm. He lives that nice rural life that he seems to take so much pleasure in back mm. in Arkansas. Uh, takes money, Joe. Takes money to have land, to have animals, <laughs> to fulfil one's ambitions and dreams. And Bryce needs that money. He's very good. He, he's very he's good. Part, he's very good. He can he can do things still at featherweight. He just ran into the wrong man at the wrong time. Yeah, I think I, we see Bryce Mitchell fight again. I think so as well. I think it would be a shame to see him retire at this stage because if he beats Taporia. Then we'd be talking about him versus maybe Holloway or Ortega or Arnold Allen. Like he'd be looking at the top of the division, but instead it's Taporia, and that's just the nature of it. I think Bryce should go out there, get three wins, come back, face another top guy, and then if you lose that fight badly, maybe there is that clear ceiling that wasn't that obvious at first. But I think that I don't. I don't think he should leave leave money on the table like this. You know what I mean? Like, he's still got that. But it was quite interesting him seeing him talking about it where he could just see he was just like, man, this absolutely destroyed me. And, you know, it's nice to see sometimes, to see that backstage insight. But... I mean, Joe, after Samuelsberger's done with you, I'm fully expecting you to say you'd no more podding, no more, no more jabronis, no more trash talk. <laughs> but it'd be a shame. What's the point in living? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, uh, Bryce, there's, there's more for you to do. Please don't retire. Uh, right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week to review the year 2022. No small, no small task, Joe. We'll no. be bringing the heat next year. Oh, my word. Yeah, we'll oh, be, we're, we're going to be... We'll be dishing oh. out the Holden I'm Talking Brother rewards. Yeah, opening up that flamethrower, emptying the clip. All right, and then we're going to look into our magic orb, ball, whatever you want to call it. And make some predictions for 2023 as well. That's This is the big, big boy claims. Last year, I said, no way Valentina Shevchenko is champion at the end of the year. But, you know, she fought once this year and ducked the rest of the year just to screw me over. So, uh, yes, such big talks like that. I think even one of us predicted John Jones as heavyweight champion. <laughs> what a mug we were. Uh, right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Listeners, we'll be back next week. You can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. Like, review, thumbs up and all that. Subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. Whatever whatever your poison is. Thank you so much for joining us. And Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Joe. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.